Welcome to the week 14 edition of the Fantasy Football Brothers podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm here with my younger brother, Carson, as we talk about week 14 matchups. How you doing, Carson? I'm doing very well, and uh, kind of clinched my spot in the playoffs in my main league. Blake's hoping to do the same this week, and uh, maybe both the Fantasy Football Brothers can be in the playoffs. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just? Well, it's it's a pretty regular fixture it is. in our playoffs, but... Hey, I mean, that's why you listen, right? Exactly. Some might say we know what we're talking about. All right, we can move on to the buys. Uh, we got the Colts, Dolphins, your Patriots, and the Eagles. Let's go, baby. Yes. Number one seed. So the Colts, um, you're missing Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. I think those are definitely the biggest. Dolphins. Yeah, oh, maybe, maybe uh, Carson Wentz. Okay, sure. He, he has kind of emerged as a viable... Uh, replacement option and he's had some great weeks in there um, I don't know what his form has been like uh, lately I know that he's kind of regressed a bit but he has been uh, worth rostering let's just say um, so yeah I did think about saying it but sure we can include him Dolphins do you feel like including Tua in that same designation or is he not at that level yes, uh, kind of a little bit uh, okay. maybe in a deeper league yeah Miles Gaskin uh, Jalen Waddle, who's <laughs> been playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely Waddle. Definitely Waddle. Waddle has done amazing. Uh, Gasicki and Devontae Parker's back. Um, Patriots. We'll, we'll talk about the Patriots, I bet, whenever we talk about the Bills a bit later. Um, but we got, you know, Mac Jones, Mr. Two for Three. Uh, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson. I guess keep an eye on Harris's injury. It allowed Stevenson to have a lot of carries that day and the game script. Uh, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. Hunter Henry, John New Smith. I mean, they got a <laughs> assortment of people that are worth rostering, but not like huge fantasy names per se. Yeah, it's more about the more about the sum of the parts yeah. than the whole. Exactly. Um, Eagles, Jalen Hurts. He didn't play last week, but you're missing him still. Uh, that, this entire backfield, whoever's the most healthy, I guess you're missing. Um, I mean, Gainwell and uh sanders both had great games but i think gainwell picked up an injury so keep an eye on that and then boston scott and jordan howard still exist so that's kind of a mess uh devontae yeah, smith how about dallas goddard dallas goddard yeah he did amazing i can't believe it our dad um in one of his other leagues where they have to play tight ends he played kittle because like why wouldn't you uh with how he's been doing lately um Kittle played later in the day, so when he saw Goddard score, he thought he messed up. But uh, well, he, Kittle yeah, ended up he, doing even better. So he also, yeah, he rosters both Goddard and Kittle, and he's kind of been bouncing back, back and forth, especially when Kittle was struggling early on. Yeah, could have been uh, that. Could have been the top two tight end finishes last week. I pr- probably was. Oh, I th- yeah, I think I think most most definitely. What a All play! Right, let's jump into a what a play! Let's, I was just gonna say that Kittle touchdown. I'm still thinking about him keeping his feet in in bounds. That was so incredible. Yeah, for sure. All right, Thursday night football. Steelers-Vikings. Um, we'll start with N- Najee Harris. Hasn't done amazing lately, but, uh, I mean, I-, I say that. It's a very high bar. He hasn't had 20-plus fantasy points since Week 8, but he's still an undisputed RB1, and this Minnesota defense is a good matchup. They're ranked 29th in rushing yardage, uh, allowed a game at 131.5, so I expect him to potentially have a big game. Um, Deontay Johnson, favorite player in all of fantasy. It, going into halftime, he was kind of, he was like really mediocre. Like he was low single digits and then he boomed 30.5 fantasy points. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of just 
get into exactly how impressive it was that Johnson did that well because Big Ben only completed 21 passes and Johnson had eight receptions, two touchdowns. He dropped a touchdown pass too, so he had a good day. But it hurts players like Claypool when Johnson takes up that much of the target share. Um, it hurts Claypool. Claypool had three targets, uh, two receptions for 52 yards, uh, one rush for two yards, 7.4 fantasy points. I, I think he's still questionable, so monitor his injury status. I don't know, maybe that's been alleviated at the games tomorrow as for recording this. Um, he's averaging 10.08 fantasy points in the last five games, which might be surprising because he's a pretty big-name player. So I'll ask you, Blake, can Claypool be trusted uh, in this favorable matchup against the Vikings? Uh, I'd like to say yes, but I don't think so, really. I mean, <clears throat> I think he's... I think you can flex him if you need to, but uh, I don't think you feel great about it. He just yeah. hasn't really been very special this year. You were you were hoping for a you know low end wide receiver too, and he's definitely not that. I wouldn't say. Um, yeah, he's flex worthy right now. Uh, Big Ben's been struggling. Announced, and he's most likely leaving the team, which probably means retirement. I can't imagine that doesn't mean retirement. And, but Deontay is getting what he needs, and it's not leaving much for anyone else. Uh, Pratt, fire move, though. Uh, six double-digit fantasy finishes this season, but only uh, one of those was without a touchdown, so he is kind of a touchdown-dependent tight end, which I hate to see. He had three receptions for 26 pretty much yards. pretty all tight ends. Exactly, I except for the very top, and we go on this rant every time, so I'm not really going to uh, get onto that. And I love watching the highlights and hearing them go, moo! it's so it's so powerful it's so awesome every time he gets the ball but it only happened three times uh, last week um, but I'll ask you are kind of the same question of Claypool and it might be a similar answer are, are you more confident starting Muth against the Vikings secondary I do kind of like Friar Muth more I mean well and you have to keep in mind that he is a tight end so I think the the ceiling or I guess the expectations are going to be lowered automatically yeah. um, but I feel like he has better touchdown upside than Claypool. I mean, I would be really surprised if he didn't have more touchdowns than Claypool at this point in the season. Yeah, I feel like he does. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, you feel better about him, and, you know, there's there's kind of streaming potential at tight end if he's not rostered in your league yet uh, with, you know, Gesicki and Hunter Henry and Goddard being out this week. I mean, no yeah. one's really starting Jack Doyle, but uh, <laughs> there are some tight ends that are you know, regular fixtures and they're not here this week. So yeah. there may be an opportunity for Farmouth to, to show up for you. Yeah. And as before this Vikings defense is weak, ranking 30th in total yards allowed per game and 28th in NFL points allowed per game. Um, they allowed the lions to have their first win in week 13. So we might celebrate that later for the lions, but that shows you that this Vikings defense definitely is not anything to worry about. Uh, this Vikings offense though, does have quite a few uh, fantasy relevant options. Kirk cousins. I mean, 30 for 40, 340 passing yards, two touchdowns, um, and a fumble, t good for 20.2 fantasy points and a loss. So I don't really think this Vikings offense is the worry. Uh, Blake just traded him away because he is Brady. Uh, but he's position ranked sixth in six-point passing TDs. I wasn't able to do the conversion to four-point. But um, I guess I'll ask you, like, what QBs are you regularly starting over Cousins? Because I guess the list is much shorter than you'd probably think. Yeah, I mean... Brady yeah. and uh, sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to draw a blank after Brady, but <laughs> <laughs> I would say Kyler. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, in a six point, I would kind of maybe not, but 
I, if we, if he t- continues to run the way he did last week, then yeah, totally. Um, uh, Cousins has been I'm safer than blank. Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen, yeah, Mahomes is kind of falling outside. Like he's kind of a, he's still a top ten quarterback, but Just I think he's kind of. Well, and I think yeah, I think, he, but he's I think he's on that lower end of like you know seven through ten maybe. It's just uh, the fact that we're having drafting. this conversation with Kirk Cousins shows you how he's had such a surprisingly great fantasy season. Yeah, um, it's I, certainly something to behold. Yeah, Alexander Madison, as said before, second coming of Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Monitor Dalvin Cook's injury status. I think he's officially questionable with a shoulder. It doesn't seem very likely for him to play, um, but keep an eye on that. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense ranks 27th rushing yards allowed per game. Uh, so I expect Madison to have a, another Cook-like performance if Cook is out. Uh, Justin Jefferson did his thing, uh, 35.6 fantasy points. He's, a, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, very much so. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I think wide receiver two in position ranking, so that's incredible. Uh, Adam Thielen will be inactive Thursday night with his high ankle sprain. Is, isn't that what it Correct. is? But Correct. But doesn't require surgery. Um, so is yeah, there a timetable season... on that? Uh, not necessarily. His season is not at risk of being ended just yet, but uh, a high ankle sprain is difficult for players to get back quickly. So you may not see him for multiple weeks uh, after this one as well. Yeah, which allows uh, the door to open for KJ Osborne, who made adva- uh, took advantage of Thielen. I think Thielen literally had one catch and he got he injured. He did. He so had one catch for zero yards. You kind of got an idea of what this offense, you know, sort of looked like on the spur of the moment of what they're going to pivot to. K.J. Osborne, four receptions, 47 yards on a touchdown. And then Tyler Conklin, seven receptions, 56 yards. It felt like he was getting the ball all the time. And I think he had a touchdown that was ruled incomplete, but he almost had one. Um, So I'll ask you, and obviously this will depend in leagues that you must start a tight end, but uh, does Osborne or Conklin, in your opinion, have more upside in Thielen's absence? I think it's Osborne because... Uh, we've seen Tyler Conklin. He's kind of had his role defined this season. Um, Osborne had uh, some good games at the beginning of the season, 14 and a half and 20 points in weeks one and two. Uh, and uh, when he gets a lot of targets, you know, six, seven targets, which is what Thielen has been averaging. I mean, he, he, he tends to produce. So I like Osborne's upside uh, in Thielen's absence more than uh, Tyler Conklin. I do agree. Um, but in leagues that have a tight end and you're not really confident with your tight end too, uh, I think Conklin is a good option to go after. And he's not a big-name player, but he's having a good opportunity set up before him. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. Saints-Jets, kind of a shorter list as far as fantasy-relevant players. I mean, you got Taysom Hill, uh, 19 for 41 through four picks, I think all after he injured his finger. So, And he'll be playing through that. Uh, so monitor that. I don't think it's really a concern. He was, yeah, he was a full participant at practice. Yeah. So nothing just limiting like him there. Reaggravating it is the only thing you need to look out for. But um, sure. Yeah, but I mean his rushing floor. That being said, with those passing stats, he did have two passing touchdowns, but twenty point six six fantasy points with because eleven rushes on hundred and one rushing yards. He even hurdled a defender. He, he's like the weirdest player to watch in all of the NFL, uh, just with his versatility. He's such yeah, a it'll gadget. be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what New Orleans does in the off season regarding quarterback. Because yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess we can still see if Jameis Winston recovers in time for the beginning of next season. But uh, unless he's a free agent, I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, either way, 
I don't know what they're going to do with Taysom Hill. He's been paid. Like he's, you know, he's on the <laughs> he's on the roster, he's on the salary. So, uh it'll just be interesting if maybe he develops as a better passer, you know, kind of like Lamar Jackson after his, you know, struggles initially from quarterback. But yeah. I mean, who knows? He he's certainly he's certainly fun to watch. I'll give him that. Yeah, do you think his rushing floor gives him, you know, plenty of fantasy relevance? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like he's he's going to be involved in, like, you know, quarterback powers and designed runs. So it's going to be yeah. – that'll that'll keep his floor relatively high. I mean, that's, that's a valuable thing from the quarterback is when they use their legs a lot. Yeah. All right, Mark Ingram tested positive for COVID today um, and really didn't make use of last Thursday's matchup against the Cowboys. He had two great games before that. Um but yeah, didn't do amazing there. But Alvin Kamara, full participant in practice on Wednesday, hasn't played since week nine, so this will be his first week back. Um, everything's pointing towards him playing this week, uh, so that'll be big for people that have Kamara because he's definitely, you know, high end RB one. And you know, this Jets defense ranks last in total yardage allowed per game and last in NFL points allowed per game. So definitely a good matchup for, I guess Hill and Kamara. I mean, those are really the only people you're thinking about. Not Lil yeah, Jordan I mean, your concern, your concern is, you know, one vulturing from the other, but yeah. against the Jets, you expect a lot of uh, a lot of points to be scored, so maybe enough to, be, to go around for those yeah, guys. Yeah, and I think it, they're able to coexist because Kamara's versatility is a receiving back, too. Um, it gives him that vers- versatility that Taysom has as a, as a quarterback, so I think it allows them to coexist nicely. I'm not really worried about that, per se. Uh, we can about Elijah Moore for the Jets. Uh, he had six receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown and one rush for nine yards, good for 20.6 fantasy points. Um, in weeks 7 through 13, Moore's only single-digit fantasy performance was week 12, uh, Zach Wilson's first game back. Corey Davis suffered a season-ending core muscle injury, so, you know, opens the target share even more for Elijah Moore. I think he's, like, he's something ridiculous. Since, like, week 7, he, he might be, he's for sure a top 20 wide receiver, but he's, like, a really high rank in this stretch. Um, so that's definitely interesting. Uh, does, I'll ask you, does Corey Davis's season-ending injury keep more consistent even in the return of Zach Wilson? Uh, this is another one of that. those. This is the, another one of those situations where I'd like to say yes, but probably not. Yeah. Um, we only uh, have this two was games. the first. This was the first game where Zach Wilson looked half decent. I mean, yeah. this is the third time the third time in his career where he's thrown a touchdown. So, like, yeah, so that's kind of alarming. Uh, that definitely is going to lower upside for all of his receivers. Uh, I mean, the Saints' defense has been, like, kind of unimpressive lately, so maybe he can do it again. And, and moving forward, I, I just had him pulled up. Let me look at the rest of their schedule. So Miami, that's going to be tough. I think he's going to really struggle in that game. Uh, Zach Wilson, that is. Jacksonville, that's a good one. Tampa Bay, that one could go either way. And then Buffalo in Week 18, you don't like that. So yeah. it's it's not looking the best path for success consistently from these guys. Um, but maybe here and there you may have to play the matchup. Yeah, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. I'll just ask you point blank. Do you think Jameson Crowder is worth rostering? We talked about this a bit, so I kind of know your outlook, but... Yeah, I, my thing is that I really don't trust wide receivers that, you know, 
game to game, you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. And and that makes sense, right? Like we saw we saw 2 weeks ago Jamison Crowder got one catch. And yeah. If you're going to be a main feature in an offense, I think week to week you're going to get involved. And when you only get one catch, that's somebody that you can you know the eye test tells you that that guy's not as important to this offense as he need as you need him to be yeah i mean with what elijah moore has done and the fact that we're still nervous about him just shows you uh, how unpredictable this offense can be with zach wilson at quarterback uh but like blake said saints defense ranks fifth in rushing yards allowed per game but 22nd in passing yards allowed per game so maybe uh moore could get a share and crowder could get involved too maybe it could be good for them you never know uh, we'll move on to Falcons-Panthers divisional matchup. Uh, Cordell Patterson, he had 12.6 fantasy points. You're not worried about him. Mike Davis stole a rushing touchdown. That was like their only touchdown the entire game. Yeah, it, was so. a, it was a long run, too. It was like it was. a 16 or 20-plus yard, one of the two. It was. So, yeah, you're not worried about Patterson. Uh, Russell Gates, though. Let's talk about him a bit. 11 receptions for 130 receiving yards and a fumble. Good for 22 fantasy points. Uh, can Gage be trusted? No. Okay. I I mean I agree. I mean you gotta. You, <laughs> I don't see that, no, that stat line that, ever happening again. But no, that that should that should have been Kyle Pitts' stat line. Yep. The fact that they're not using Kyle Pitts as their main like receiving bat or receiver in this offense is just it's baffling week after week. I, yeah. Russell Gage uh, several weeks ago had zero catches and zero yeah. targets. And yeah. he started that game, so no, you can't trust yeah. him. I, I, this is like a fluke. This is like uh, this is like when Naheem Hines <sighs> breaks off for like 25, 30 plus fantasy points. You can't yeah. you can't count on that coming up week after week. So no, I, I don't trust Gage. Yeah, and maybe I, I'm maybe I'm crazy, but I don't think so. I think that yeah, I, I think it's just fluke. Pitts is averaging just under seven fantasy points since week eight. What do you do if you roster Pitts, especially in a tight end league? I think I think at this point you got to keep starting him. I don't think yeah. that there's there really aren't that many gems at tight end that are just sitting around. Like uh, players like Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, those guys have already been scooped up. Uh, yeah. Fryermuth, if you want to start him, I mean, I get it, but I think you have way more upside with Pitts. We've seen yeah. that uh, earlier in the season, so I think yeah. you got to roll with the guy that has upside at tight end and just. Hope that Matt Ryan and their and the Falcons offense can figure it out. Yeah, uh, but these past catchers might struggle as the Panthers defense ranks second in total yards allowed per game and sixth in NFL points allowed per game. Uh, much stronger pass defense than run defense. So, uh, I mean, Patterson will be able to do it all, but you're not worried about him anyways. Uh, I I think, you know, 12.6 is awful, but I still think that's a fluke. He, he's legit, and it's crazy how this offense is using him, but he's legit for fantasy. Uh, Panthers. Cam Newton is the projected starter, although I read that uh, whoever their coach is, I forget his name, Matt Rule, I think. Yeah, uh, Matt Rule. Yeah, he's leaving the door open for P.J. Walker to have some game time, so that's interesting. Um, but Cam Newton <laughs> well, you is saw the projected what Cam, starter. You, yes. you saw what Cam did last time. Talked about it a little bit last week uh, when we were talking about buys, but yeah, 5 for 20, not great, not great. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's out for the season, leaving the door open for Chuba Hubbard. Um, we've talked about this before, and you, you don't like the Panthers' schedule for running back. So what? how would you assess Hubbard rest of the season? Uh, for how it's really di- Yeah, it's, re- it's really difficult. We talked about it before. 
uh, you know, they play the Bucks twice. They play the Bills. They play the Saints. Like those are all those are all top five run defenses at least. Yeah. So uh, this is the only week where you feel relatively good about starting Chuba Hubbard, and then you know, I think he's going to be uh, kind of a low end flex for the rest of season. Yeah, pick him up though if he's on waivers. Yeah, he uh, should be rostered. I mean, he should be yeah. rostered in all McCaffrey leagues manager. because Christian McCaffrey <laughs> was rostered in all leagues. Yep, agreed. Uh, DJ Moore, I'm talking about week 12 uh, when they last played because they were on by. DJ Moore managed to catch four of the 10 completed passes, one of them for 64 yards. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I would say, is worth rostering but can't be trusted yet just because it's so hard to say what Cam's going to do with this offense. If he has another another abysmal passing day then i think you can drop anderson no questions asked but uh atlanta defense ranks 25th in total yards allowed per game and 30th in nfl points allowed per game so this could be a good game for these offensive weapons on the panthers and a good game for newton to get back on track hopefully i'm, I'm kind of hoping for a success um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this up real quick just because i kind of disagree with you about robbie anderson so this is this is his third quarterback of the season and we've seen no sign that he's going to get it done at what point are we going to realize that he's the common denominator and that he's the issue fair enough fair enough i mean i won't die on that hill so fair enough uh there's gotta be people on your waivers more upside i do agree with that uh we can move on the seahawks texans Russell Wilson, 30 for 37, 231 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception, three rushes, 15 yards, good for 16.74 fantasy points. Um, Russ has struggled since coming back from his finger injury, but, I mean, you got to like this matchup against the Texans. How confident are you in starting Russ? You do. Um, I think think if you have him, you know, maybe you have a better option, although... Like I mean, we talked about it in our league. Carson Wentz was rostered with the same uh, on the same team that had Russell Wilson, and so I would I would probably like Carson Wentz ahead of Wilson. Although you know, looking back when we were discussing that, it was like, are you crazy? It's Russell Wilson, but yeah. he hasn't been the same since he came back from his finger injury. No. And that being said, it's the Texans. If he can't get it done this week. Uh, it's officially time to panic because, I mean, yeah. honestly, if you can't get it done against the Texans, who are you going to get it done against? Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, this kind of goes for all of the uh, Seahawks players to an extent. And I, I think if you have him and you don't feel confident in your backup, I mean, who, who's a backup that, like, who's a second player on your roster at quarterback that you would feel more comfortable realistically starting out of Wilson? second quarterback realistically i mean you you had cousins as your second quarterback so definitely him um sure. well, i agree with wentz let's see i mean i don't really have any on mine because my number two is newton because i have kyler so that's not a good example i would definitely start Taysom over him um, yeah um the, the the point is that there are I think there are players that have been recently acquired from waivers that you might feel better about russell wilson but it's a it's just a really good matchup, and I think yeah. if I mean play the matchup, I guess, and in this case, I think Wilson has a, has an edge above most quarterbacks, so I think you go with him. Yeah, um, I'll briefly talk about the backfield. Alex Collins was injured. Monitors injury status. Uh, the Texans rank last in rushing yards allowed per game at one forty four point two. That being said, I don't think you can really. <sighs> 
do you think you can confidently start Collins with this mess of a backfield? Confident is a very strong word in flex. this scenario. I think you, yeah, I think you can flex him. Uh, we do need to keep in mind that there are some fantasy-ish running backs that are relevant. Like, I mean, obviously, you're not t- like considering replacing Collins with Jonathan or replacing Jonathan Taylor with Alex Collins this week. Yeah. But like, there are some guys missing that. You, you may get a good outcome out of Collins just based on the matchup. I mean, you said it yourself; they rank last against the run. Yeah, uh, they were playing. They played the Titans in Week Twelve, right? When they allowed Foreman and Hillard to both have over 100 rushing yards. I think that was the Titans. Or, yeah, I think that was them Titans playing the Titans versus Texans. I think yeah, I was. think you're correct. Yeah, so that shows you what can happen. Uh, DK Metcalf averaging 6.5 fantasy points since Russ's return. Uh, we already talked about this. I'll see if you agree. Uh, I mean. This is your. I, this is his last chance before you make improve himself. As far as if you're starting him on your lineup. Yeah, and it's a tough time of the season to have that kind of uh, yeah. situation on your hands because we're heading into the fantasy playoffs. If you uh, if you play standard scheduling, yeah. so yeah, I mean it's a concerning time to have uh, to be without one of your top pass catchers. Yeah, and Lockett has been more reliable in the past four weeks. I mean, still not the most consistent, but he had a good game here in week 13. Yeah. Seven receptions. I, I'm hoping that Lockett got his slump out of the way yeah. when Gino was throwing the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. And yeah, this Texans defense is very bad. So let's hope that these Seahawks players can turn it around. And for the Texans, like we always do, let's just talk about Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Three receptions for 38 <laughs> yards and one rush for 16 yards. But do you think this matchup where the Seahawks rank last in passing yards allowed and 31st in total yards allowed just guarantees high volume for Cooks? It seems like a very positive uh, situation that he's found himself in. It's going to be Davis Mills at quarterback uh, more likely than not. And we've seen them have a connection earlier this season. So there is some familiarity there. Uh, I do like the matchup. Uh, I think he gets the majority of the targets, or not the majority, I should say, but a, a very, a very large portion of the targets week after week. So, yeah, it's a good matchup. I think you feel, I think you feel fine starting him this week. I do agree. Uh, we'll talk about Raiders Chiefs divisional matchup. Uh, Derek Carr, he just doesn't have enough upside to be making your starting lineup. Like he, he had a decent amount of passing yards, two forty nine, but zero passing touchdowns. He just can't be trusted. Uh, as far as someone that will have upside. So I'm never going <laughs> to... Now that I say this, he'll probably go off, but I'm never picking him as a DFS play again. <laughs> yeah, re- reverse reverse jinx him, because he needs a game where he throws for more than two passing touchdowns. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I'll reverse jinx him. Josh Jacobs, though, 13 rushes of 52 rushing yards and a touchdown, and nine receptions for 38 receiving yards, 24 fantasy points. Kenyon Drake is out for the season with a broken ankle. Uh... Drake averaged five carries, roughly, and three receptions in weeks 9 through 12. What does this do for Jacob's volume in your eyes? Uh, I think it's a slight uptick, obviously. I mean, there's, you know, there's touches there that have to go somewhere, so there will be other players in contention for those, kind of, you know, to pick up the slack, but I think it'll be more of a committee behind uh, Jacob's rather than just Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, I think it helps Jacobs a little bit. And, and we saw what Javante Williams did against the Chiefs. It makes you feel good. Yeah. If Here's the thing. Here, it's a big if because and it'll come up later in the in the show, too, when we talk about other teams. But 
as long as the Chiefs don't get ahead big early, it, it does open the it does open the door for Jacobs to have a good day. Yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, just quickly mention the other players. Hunter Renfro, Mr. Reliable uh, in fantasy this season. I, I feel like he's the best uh, wide receiver you probably picked up with waivers. He wasn't drafted in many leagues. Proven that once again with 19.2 fantasy points. Darren Waller, Motter's injury status. He's got issues with his knee and his back. Um, I mean, you're starting him if he's available at tight end. Uh, and, you know, Kansas City ranks 26th in total yards against. So, like Blake was saying, if the game script works out for you, this is definitely a defense that can be uh, overtaken and get some good plays against. Um, but we'll talk about the Chiefs. So. <laughs> The way I want to do this is because Mahomes has been honestly garbage in the last five games he's played, excluding when they played the Raiders last in Week 10. Because when they played the Ra- the Raiders last, uh, he it was 35 for 50 for 406 passing yards and five passing touchdowns. But, you know, the five games, like two on one side, three on the other, he's averaging just over 10. So, you're not... <sighs> I guess you're not benching Mahomes, especially with you're certain, yeah, improving given what you the did matchup, last time. Yeah, given the matchup, you, I think you have to give him a shot, but you're certainly not thrilled with where you drafted him with how he's performed this season. Yeah. It, yeah. it really, I mean, and this is the thing that we'll talk about, especially in the offseason heading into the draft, that you guys, like, please wait on quarterbacks. because yeah. Blake ended uh, up with Brady you, and Kirk and was one of the last to take quarterbacks. Right, and so I, I was the last team to take a quarterback with Brady, but and that was like in the eleventh round, I want to say, but um, and maybe that's not correct, but either way, um, late, yeah, I, I want to look that up, but I'll, I'll say it at the end anyway. Um, yeah, don't don't rush out to get these quarterbacks early rounds. You can get more valuable role players, like yeah. uh, what's the what's the phrase? Um, Skill positions. Yes. You can get more valuable skill possessions early, earlier in the draft when other teams are taking quarterbacks. And later in the draft, you will find good, serviceable quarterbacks. Um, I drafted Brady 104th overall, which did mean he came in the 11th round for me. Wow. Yeah, there's proof. There is proof. Uh, let's talk about the backfield, because I kind of want your help on this. Because <laughs> um, I have Williams. Clyde, CEH had 11.2 fantasy points. Williams had 11. The two games CH has been back, CH has had 12 carries and 14 carries, whereas Williams has had five. Um, a, a lot of Williams' points this past week came from a big re- reception, so that helped him get to double digits. Uh, the Raiders ranks the Raiders rank 26 in rushing yards allowed per game at 124.8, so there could be enough to go around. But can you confidently start CH? And I'll just say, what should fancy managers do with Williams? So I'll ask you about both for the backfield. Okay, so for CEH, he's the only guy that wasn't a part of this starting lineup when they played the Raider, the Raiders mm-hmm. back in Week Ten. Yeah, because so was, wasn't that the game that Williams had thirty something, like th- just over thirty, I think. Yeah, he had. He was like nine for nine on receptions for like a hundred yeah. yards. He had and that big catch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if. If they find a way to include Williams in a similar role this week, or you know, obviously they, I don't, you can't expect what he did back in week no. ten to re to re reemerge. But uh, here's what I'll say: I think that I think you can start Williams in this matchup, at least flex him. I mean, it's it's 
it's not the most like it's not the most upside play, but I think that he's going to get used. He's continued yeah. to he's continued to produce numbers with CEH back. You feel okay about that. Uh, you like the matchup. Uh, and then for CEH, I think you know what to expect because he's kind of been the same guy when he's been healthy, like all season long. He hasn't ever really popped off or anything special, but he, you know, he gets uh, low teens or you know amount of touches in a game, so yeah. you kind of know what to expect there. I agree. I do agree. Um, we talk about we don't really need to spend much time. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey both had disappointing games in Week 13, but I mean, you're starting both of them, so that's all there is to be said. And the Raiders ranked 25th in NFL points allowed per game. I do think it's interesting, though. I mean, Kelsey's had a few big games, but he's also been pretty disappointing. But that being said, he's still position ranked number one. Uh, he is, but he is a he is a uh, shell of his former self this season compared to previous seasons, even at the tight end position. So, yeah. Uh, it. I mean, you're still starting him. That's kind of the bottom line. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, disappointing for where you probably drafted him. Yep. Okay, we can move on to the quick rematch between the Ravens and Browns, who face each other in Week 12. So I'll pretty much just read Week 12 stats. Lamar Jackson threw four picks against them and rushed the ball 17 times, uh, good for 9.4 fantasy points. Lamar has only had two games this season with more than one passing touchdown, which is appalling to me. And he has only had two rushing touchdowns, so he's not really increasing his floor there. Obviously, he gets the yardage, but he did horrible, really, against the Browns last time. So can fantasy managers actually bench him this week? I think it's important to note that that performance came after he missed um, the previous week due to illness. Yes. And I think that plays a factor in his poor performance. Uh, you, the thing, I mean, 17 rushes in week 12. I mean, think of the upside that that brings with a player like Lamar Jackson. It's true. If, it, if he has low double-digit carries in this game, I think he's going to keep his floor high enough to where you can still start him and feel good about it. I think he has a better game, obviously, than four interceptions. That should be down. The yardage should be up. I mean, I just think that he's going to, you know, he's going to be feeling better this week than he was back in week 12. So, like, health-wise. So, I think you should I think you should keep him in your lineups if you have him. Yeah, I do agree. Um, Dov- Devonta Freeman had a great game last week against the Steelers. Uh, but in week 12, he didn't have that great of a game. Only seven fantasy points. Only had one reception. He had five last week against the Steelers. And that was kind of pivotal for him having a high floor. Um but do you think Freeman can be trusted in this matchup? Um, I think a little bit less so than Lamar Jackson. Obviously, I feel better about Jackson than Freeman, but I will say this. I think that I think Freeman gets more receptions in this game. I think that that just came from uh, Lamar struggling to, yeah. to move the football through the air. Yeah. I think that he will have a, a, a better floor because of the, that receiving usage. Um, but we do need to keep in mind that this, this Cleveland defense is still tough i mean it's it's a tough defense and we'll talk about that in a moment but um yeah i think you should lower expectations for freeman relative to how he performed last week uh just based on the matchup but expect a a bit higher of a floor based on his receiving usage agreed i can talk about the pass catchers real quick uh marquise brown in week 12 had eight receptions for 51 yards mark andrews had four receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown 
Uh, Bateman had four receptions on four targets in Week 12, but last week he had zero receptions on one target. Now, I don't think you should drop him if you roster him, but I would not be starting him this week in this tougher matchup. Uh, see what he yeah. does. If he has another game he's... like that, though... Uh... Yeah, he's he's a wait-and-see, because yeah. it's, a, it's a tough time of year to be taking risks on players like that. Yeah, for people that were showing that they had a good floor. Um for sure and then like blake was alluding to this browns defense ranks fourth in total yards allowed per game at only 315.6 um so they are a tough defense but we'll talk about the browns real quick this is week 12 stats because they were on by last week their stats against the ravens nick chubb had 5.9 fantasy points kareem hunt had two monitor his injury status because i guess the half is still bothering him uh jarvis landry though had six receptions for 111 receiving yards so i'll just ask you how much differently, because the last game they played was against the Ravens, which I think is so strange, but how much differently will this Week 14 matchup play out as far as fantasy is concerned for Browns players? Well, I'm no weatherman, but I think that being at home, as long as the weather cooperates, uh, should help the Browns in this game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is there really more that you want me to talk about? Because I think that it was game script and these running backs coming back from injury, like with Kareem Hunt. So yeah. I, I do expect, I mean, you can't expect lower than what they performed. I think it's only yeah. up from here. The The issue is how high is their ceiling in this matchup? And I think that, you know, with the way that, with the way that Baltimore's defense plays, they're a lot easier to pass against than they are to run against. Yes. It means, I think it opens the door for Kareem Hunt if he's healthy enough to have that receiving upside and uh, Nick Chubb is going to get his carries and may, may find a way into the end zone on the goal line. Uh, but it also could be cream hunt. You know, that's kind of how that backfield goes. So I feel better about hunt than I do Chubb in this matchup, just giving his receiving upside. Um, and I think if you have to start Jarvis Landry, I would probably lower expectations for from what he did back in week 12 because, I, I mean, we haven't really seen that Jarvis Landry this season yeah. outside of that. And like Blake said, I mean, this matchup also plays to the strengths uh, of the Browns because they're a run-heavy offense, but Baltimore ranks first in rushing yards allowed per game at only 84.3, but second to last in passing yards allowed. So, you know, it's not optimal for the way this offense likes to run, uh, quite literally. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how differently this game goes. Uh, we can move on to my last matchup. I'll lead the way on. Cowboys <laughs> football team. <laughs> almost slipped up there. Uh, divisional matchup. <laughs> almost got, got canceled. Almost got canceled. Dak Prescott in Thursday night football against the Saints last week. 26 for 40. 238 passing yards. One passing touchdown. One interception. Three rushes for negative three yards. 11.22 fantasy points. Uh, do you expect Prescott to bounce back in a big way in this matchup? Because this Washington defense ranks third to last in passing yards allowed per game. Yeah, but they've been they've been on a tear lately, they man. Have. I mean, they this have. is this is the Washington defense that we were kind of hyping up uh, preseason. So I do think that Dak Prescott gets gets right this week and uh, probably doubles his score from last week. Just because, I mean, Dak Prescott's really talented. I, you know, it's. I think he's got he's got the weapons around him. He's got the skill. He's got the talent. So I like him this week. I don't. I'm not worried about Washington. Uh, you know, preventing him from doing what he needs to do. So, I I think he's gonna bounce back. 
Yeah, okay. I'm gonna read the stats between Zeke and Pollard because this has troubled me for the past few weeks as someone who manages both of them. Zeke had 13 rushes for 45 yards, two catches for two yards. Pollard had seven rushes, so six less, for 71 yards and a touchdown, all from one big play. I think it was it was 40 plus yards for sure. Um, two yeah, receptions for three yards. Um, Zeke hasn't played more than 70% of the Cowboys' offensive snaps in five straight games after topping that percentage in all but two of Dallas's first seven. So obviously, he's been capped. Mike McCarthy, how gracious of him, acknowledged that he'd been on a rep count the past month. Um, so what do you do this backfield? Help me. Help me, bruv. Help me, Blake. <laughs> Uh, well, I think you have to, I think you have to continue start starting Zeke because he has the, he is getting the majority of the touches. He, and the other thing is that he has, and you've, you've benefited from this directly that Zeke has the goal line yes. potential goal line to challenge. pound a couple in from, you know, three yards out. So, yeah. Uh, you got to keep rolling with Zeke. Uh, there's no, there's no scenario where I see you benching him, where I see anyone benching him, yeah, uh, well, because healthy, he just sure. he has that touchdown ups- upside in this offense. So yeah, you, you just kind of like you got to live with the fact that Pollard's getting more usage. Yep, I do agree. Uh, CD Lamb did his thing, 19.2 fantasy points. Amari Cooper was disappointing, but he was limited to just 34 percent of the team's offensive snaps in Week 13. Because it was his first game back from his two-week absence with COVID. Um, do you expect other pass catchers, uh, excluding Lamb, so I guess Gallup and Schultz, to take a back seat once Cooper gets more reintegrated into this offense? Or how do you project them? Because Gallup, I'll just read out their stats, had five receptions for 36 yards and a touchdown. And Schultz had five receptions for 33 yards. What do you expect happens to them if Cooper gets more uh, integrated in this offense again? Uh, so if Cooper gets more involved, I think that probably Schultz will suffer before Gallup. Um, seems like Gallup has been getting really good usage in the games yeah. that he's played this season. And, and we, uh, you know, granted, we haven't seen him play a lot. He hasn't been healthy for the majority of the season. But it seems like Dallas is utilizing him in a very complimentary role. And so I, I would be more concerned about Schultz falling off versus Gallup. Um but that being said, Cooper's been really up and down this season, so I don't necessarily think that I, I th- it, you kind of got to just start these, continue to start these guys, and you know hope that things work out for you. Yep. And then the football team ranks third to last in passing yards allowed per game, as said before, and third in rushing yards allowed per game. So I love that for Zeke. Uh, no, not at all. We'll move on to watching them themselves, though. Antonio Gibson. Uh, 23 carries for 88 rushing yards and five receptions for 23 receiving yards and a touchdown. No J.D. McKissick there last week. He had 22.1 fantasy points. He's had 20-plus fantasy points in three of his last past four games. Can Antonio Gibson be trusted again? Uh, I think yes. I mean, he's he's getting the volume that you wanted from him when you drafted him. And the the amount of receptions he's been getting lately is pretty promising. And I know that uh, that has that has something to do with McKissick being uh, inactive, but yeah. it's still it's still good to see that he's getting involved in that aspect of the game. So yeah, you like him. I, I think this matchup isn't uh, great, but uh, he's going to get the volume. Uh, he's not really competing for touches in the backfield, so you feel good about that. I mean, I could I guess I could see a scenario where Heineke vultures one, but I think it's unlikely. I think I think Gibson's the guy. Yeah, and then kind of the exact opposite of this situation terry mclaurin 
three receptions for 22 yards. Uh, Dallas does rank 28th in passing yards allowed per game, but what's your confidence level in McLaurin? Uh, I think it's he's been he's been another one that's been really up and down this season, and kind of disappointing compared to how he performed last year. Uh, But that being said, I I think you're starting him. I think that he is he's got great upside, and you know maybe the matchup isn't. I mean, the matchup on paper sounds good, but I think in in a division game, yeah, uh, it helps that they're at home, but. Yeah, I think you're starting him, and I i mean, it's got to be better than 5.2. Yeah, and, you know, his target share could be better with Logan Thomas being placed on IR with a knee injury because he had been getting some usage in his time back. Uh, his MRI revealed that he did not tear his ACL, so that's good. Um, but he's definitely out for three weeks at a minimum. Ricky uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is dealing with a injury himself, but do you think he kind of reemerges back as a reliable tight end option like he was earlier in the season when Thomas was gone? Yeah, if if he's healthy, I mean, we've we've kind of seen it throughout the season that the the Washington tight end is a, a reliable, you know, position for yeah. fantasy points. So, and Seals-Jones has done his part when Thomas was injured earlier in the season. So, I, I like him as a uh, as someone to. Re- reacquire from the waivers uh if he's available yeah agreed and as i said before it's a pretty good matchup uh on paper cowboys defense ranks 27th and 20 yards allowed per game uh so we'll just have to see in this divisional matchup so i'll let you take over with uh jaguars titans all right so let's start with probably the one that is on a lot of people's minds and that's james robinson he got eight carries for 24 yards one catch for 11 yards, and one fumble lost on the second play of the game. <laughs> he sat on the bench for 26 consecutive plays after that fumble. Jeez. I get the sense I get the sense that Urban Meyer just doesn't like him. And we do know that Carlos Hyde is Urban Meyer's former player back in college. So I think there's a little bit of favoritism going on. Uh, when asked about Robinson's touches... Urban Meyer claimed that the running back coach is responsible for that. He doesn't play a role in that decision. So it's kind of scummy. And I think that Urban Meyer, like the Urban Meyer experience, uh, probably needs to come to an end this year because Jacksonville's no better for it. uh, And it seems like a complete mismanagement of the talent on this roster. I mean, LaVisca Chanel, Marvin Jones Jr., Trevor Lawrence, like these are guys that, I mean, Minus Trevor Lawrence, these are guys that are proven at to some extent, you know, varying degrees in the NFL. I think that uh, I mean, I just yeah, Lavisca Chenault was a, a breakout mess. candidate. He was a breakout candidate at wide receiver, second year wide receiver. Drafted them ahead of Pittman, if that tells you anything, with how uh, he but, was projected before yeah. the season. And obviously, that yeah. Didn't turn so out. I think a lot of this comes down on on Meyer just not being ready for prime time, so to speak. I agree. And uh, it, you know, no matter who is getting the majority of the touches at running back, it's a tough matchup. Tennessee ranks six in rushing yards allowed per game. Uh, so I'll ask you, Carson, what do you do if you roster James Robinson? I mean, I really do not like what Urban Meyer is saying about the situation, but I think that, man, it's tough. If you're needing a win this week, Robinson you know, has the potential to give you that upside, but he could also completely screw you. I would be more inclined to trust Robinson, um, but 
what Urban Meyer was doing, just deflecting the blame, and he fumbled once and just got put in timeout. I, I, I trust Robinson, but I think there's other variables coming into play that factor into a decision on starting him or not. Yeah, it's a difficult time of year to have these kind of uh, these kind of decisions to make, and we've been saying it all throughout the show. But it's true. I mean, we're we're on the precipice of play of fantasy playoff football, and you know, it's 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 time to win or go home. So, yeah, uh, I guess you know, consider the matchups of your various running backs and include that in your decision making, but. Uh, we do know that James Robinson is capable of a lot in this offense when given the opportunities. So, it, you know, uh, your results may vary. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Titans. A.J. Brown remains on IR with the earliest return expected to be December 23rd, which is week 16 uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. Julio Jones has been moved to the teams designated for return from IR list, so we should expect to see him for the first time back since week nine. Uh, how do you rank Julio if he's active this week? Oh, God. Um, with no A.J. Brown, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, when they're both there, it kind of helps them out more. Um, so I don't think you're like, oh, no, Brown, look at all these targets for Jones, but... And you can't really trust Tannehill with the way he's been playing. I, I don't think you can <laughs> no, definitely start you gotta, him. You can yeah. hope he has a good week this week, and then he's going to be value f- valuable for you in the playoffs, but I think that's the best you can get. So are you flexing him or are you benching him? Uh, I'd say in most instances with the depth people should have at the position, I think you could bench him. Okay. Interesting. Uh, let's talk about Nick Westbrook-Akine. Nine receptions on fourteen targets for 132 yards. Right off the bat, that's like a that's like a Cooper Cup game stat line. But <laughs> that's and one touch and one touchdown in the past two weeks. Yeah. So, what's your confidence level in starting this player against Jacksonville? I I don't have any. I don't have any. <laughs> I, I don't trust this. I don't trust this passing offense. Um, we'll talk about the rushing offense a bit. But I mean, the Jaguars have been. They're, I know that they didn't do great against the Rams last week, but they've had a few matchups where they've been sneakily good uh, against the pass, like against the Bills, yeah, on for the example. End. Yeah, I get that. I, I think it's telling that you are that you're not that you're opting to bench Julio. So I don't expect you to be yeah. more confident about Westbrook. Well, what do you? How do you assess Julio? Um, I would say, I would argue for flexing him. I think that I. Th- I think given the matchup and the potential volume that he's going to be looking at, the issue is that if their backfield runs all over Jacksonville, then they're not yeah. going to have to throw. Yep. So it's risk, it's risk reward. Um, but I still kind of think that Julio has a few good games left in him and, you know, against Jacksonville, he certainly has a chance to perform well. Yeah. But yeah, it's risky. Um, and then talking more about the backfield, Dontrell Hilliard, we need to monitor Jeremy McNichols' availability. I think his, I think McNichols' return will likely affect Hilliard more directly than Foreman. Would you agree? Yeah, I like Foreman the most out of this. I mean, Hilliard's stats look phenomenal from Week 12, but you got to keep in mind that like he had a huge 60-yard-plus run, and Foreman kind of just consistently had a well-rounded 100-plus rushing yard game. Um, so I, I trust that a little bit more than Hilliard's uh, performance. 
Yeah, so if you uh, if you have either one of these guys, assuming that Nick Nichols does not play, uh, you're ranking Foreman ahead of Hilliard. Are you starting both? Are you starting just Foreman? How do you how do you manage that? Um, I think you could get away with starting uh, Foreman and Hilliard. I think you could. Um, I would prefer Foreman, as said before, but uh, yeah. I, I do like. The matchup, I like it more for the rushers, and I do think that the game script you talk about with just the backfield taking over, uh, playing like Derrick Henry's there amongst the two of them, um, I think that is a realistic outcome. Yeah, that's the concern. So uh, start Titans receivers uh, with the risk in mind that you know it may be a running day for Tennessee, mm-hmm. like most weeks. All right, let's talk about Giants at the Chargers. There is a lot. There's a lot of news surrounding this game, and it's just kind of popped up all, all out of a sudden. And we'll get to that in a moment. But let's talk about all of the injuries to monitor heading into the weekend. Jeez. Yeah, it's a long list. So to start with the did not practice on Wednesday, we've got Mike Glennon, who is still yet to clear the concussion protocol. Although it has been stated, if he does, Glennon will start. And that's uh, that's kind of piggybacking off the fact that uh, Daniel Jones had a limited practice on Wednesday, but he has not been cleared for contact. So he's not in a position to swoop in and take the starting job this week. It's going to be Glennon if uh, he clears the concussion protocol. I have no idea what they're going to do if Glennon doesn't clear. So <laughs> oh my God. maybe they'll just maybe they'll just have Saquon run Wildcat. Who knows? Um, <laughs> And that would probably be good for his uh, his fantasy prospects. But yeah. uh, back on the did not practice list, Kenny Galladay with a rib injury and Kadarius Tony with an oblique injury. Um, what does that again? Mean? These are these are things to monitor. Uh, you know about the obliques. No, Listen, we don't. We don't. We don't have time to. We don't have time to give an anatomy lesson here. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> for limited for limited participants, we have Saquon Barkley with an ankle. You don't like to see that. And Sterling Shepard with a quad injury. Uh, these are things to monitor. Uh, it's tough, man. I let's get right into Saquon. Eleven carries for fifty-five yards, six catches, which you like, but for only nineteen yards, it gets you thirteen point four fantasy points. And and stop me if I'm wrong, but at this point, he's matchup dependent for me. He is no longer a must start. Yeah, I I, I can't stop you, unfortunately, and I hate to say it. I mean, ignoring the game where he left due to injury in Week 5, he has scored fewer than 13.5 fantasy points in every game that he didn't also score a touchdown. So in Weeks 3 and 4, he scored at least one touchdown. He finished those weeks with... Yeah, finished those weeks with 21.4 and 29.6 fantasy points, respectively. But he's been a single-digit scorer in three of seven games played. And that's, again, ignoring the the Week 5 game. So he's just not in a position that you feel confident. And... The matchup's good, but like we said earlier, if the Chargers get off to a big lead quick, like they did against the Bengals, Barkley's going to need to rely on his pass catching to remain fantasy relevant. And so I'll ask you, what's your confidence level in starting Barkley? I think that with where you drafted him and how shallow running back can be, I think you almost have to start him. I, I don't see many lineups that have surefire running back options ahead of him. I mean, I'm sure they exist, so I don't think that you should force yourself to start Barkley just because he's Saquon, 
But yeah, I mean, uh, there have been there have been waiver acquisitions throughout the season that you probably feel better. Like if you have an Eli Mitchell or oh yeah, him or Patterson, uh, right? Or a Patterson or even Alexander Madison, you feel better about yes. all those guys ahead of yeah, Barkley, hundred percent. Even given the matchup, so yeah, look at like at Saquon's stats, not his name, when you make your decision. Yeah, like a like, yeah, exactly. So. I, I get it if you have to start him you, you may not have better options but i think it's just it's time that we face the facts that he is no longer a must start because his name is saquon barkley or yeah. because you drafted him in the first couple rounds like this is just i mean this is just not the player that that we saw uh previous seasons nope it's not i mean this offense isn't helping him but it's not either yeah all right let's talk about the chargers who just I mean, my goodness, like, popping up left and right, COVID list. So, yeah, so Keenan Allen has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. He is vaccinated and therefore can still play if he tests negative twice, 24 hours apart. Uh, Mike Williams was deemed a close contact of Allen, and that means that he still still has potential to play, must quarantine five days from Monday, where uh, this was initially reported. And if neither of these guys end up playing, I mean, (laughs) Jalen Guyton, (laughs) four catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. He finished with 18.9 fantasy points last week. I I mean, he was rostered in 0.2% of leagues at the time (laughs) of making these notes. So worthy of a waiver wire pickup at this point, given all the news? Yeah, given all the news, I wasn't going to trust it if Allen and Williams are still in the picture, but given all these news, I think picking it up now would be smart, and then I think that you you got to trust that. If uh, if one of them's out, I think he could be a solid flex, and if both of them are out, I think he's... It's crazy to say, I think he's a must-start. I don't yeah, know, that's bold. No, <laughs> but, that, is, that, is, that is bold because it's much more difficult for a wide receiver to step into a big role versus a running back. It's just he's coming off of a big game. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is a guy that I hadn't really even heard of before last week. And, no. And, but he's in a position now where he can benefit off of one of these guys missing, and if both of them miss, then I think it's going to be a heavy Austin Eckler day. Um but yeah, something to monitor heading into the weekend. We'll have more information on that hopefully by Saturday. Agreed. Um, yeah, let's talk about the next matchup where the Detroit Lions won 10 and 1 up against your Denver Broncos. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had more positive things to say, but uh, we've just learned as of this week that the Lions have a minor flu outbreak. <laughs> so. No, no good luck moving forward for them, no. it seems. Jared Goff was among nine players to miss practice on Wednesday, with six of them being out due to the illness. So, I mean, assuming, I, I don't know, if, if they can gather all their pieces together by Sunday, and they can they keep the momentum rolling and get another win at Denver? No. Like, it's no. a tough matchup. No. No. I, De- I mean, Denver. <laughs> Denver's defense is much stronger than the Vikings, and... Absolutely. Uh, even though fantasy-wise, pass catchers have been a nightmare for the Broncos, uh, they got, you know, and you'll talk about this in a second, Javante Williams went crazy against the Chiefs, and then Melvin Gordon, like, that. that's a really, really good one-two punch backfield. Yeah, one of the best in the league, I would argue. Yeah, which detracts from each other fantasy-wise, but as far as the NFL yes. is concerned, it is great. Yeah, so uh, just before we move on to the Broncos, I want to say... 
Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, former USC <laughs> player, 10 catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown for 24.8 fantasy points. Is he worthy of a waiver wire pickup? I mean, I'd love to say yes. You know, kind of a USC fan. We got that in us a little bit. But uh, he's had games where he's had, I think, I don't even think this is his first double-digit targeted game. So, and then he just kind of erases from, you know. He disappears. He disappears. He completely disappears. Yeah. So I want to see what happens against the Broncos because they are a much stronger uh, defense than the Lions or the Vikings. Sorry. Yeah, that's completely fair. I mean, and we're in a position now where uh, taking flyers is not really the, your most advised course of action. Yeah. He's rostered in six and a half percent of leagues as of making these notes, uh, but just you know, keep in mind that he can disappear on you. So I, I kind of agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos now. Javante Williams, 23 carries, 102 yards, six catches for 76, and a touchdown. Finished just shy of 30 fantasy points. Uh, if nothing else, because it looks like Gordon is in a position to be active for this game and eat into his role uh, yet again, but from an NFL perspective, it's very promising to see that they – they seem to have a very talented rookie on their hands. Yeah, I mean, I would say outside of... I was kind of looking this up to make this comparison. Outside of Najee, he might be the best rookie quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, no. Elijah Mitchell exists. Um, you said you said quarterback, but you meant running back. I meant running back. Uh, but he's up there. He's near the top of that list. Roger Stevenson's had moments, too. Um, but he, he... I love his potential. He looks great. Yeah, I, I will say this though. I, it's it's concerning for his career if Denver doesn't fin- figure out their quarterback situation. Yes, yes, they got time though. He's young. <laughs> they do. Yeah, he's very young. So it's a uh, it's a great option for dynasty leagues and redraft leagues. Melvin Gordon is a free agent this offseason, so he may be moving on elsewhere. Uh, if that is the case, you feel very good about Javante Williams in redraft leagues. So something to keep in mind. And this is a great matchup for both running backs. Detroit ranks 28th in rushing yards allowed per game, 29th in total yards allowed per game, and 27th in points allowed. So all around good opportunities for these this backfield. And then I'll ask you quickly, I know we just talked about their the defensive uh, rankings, but are you dropping Cortland Sutton after this week if he doesn't get it done? Yeah, this is his last chance for me. I think that's completely fair. I think that's yeah. completely fair. He's been a single-digit fantasy scorer in five straight games, and it Since hasn't even been high single digits. No, it's Yeah, it hasn't even been high single digits. It's been six points or fewer in five straight games. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think he's droppable after this week if he does not get it done. Yeah. And and let's 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 uh let's visualize that. So what what is getting it done for you with uh with Cortland Sutton this week? Double digits. Really? Are you gonna be satisfied with ten points from him? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, not so, enough to stay on my roster. Okay. I think that's a low bar for him to achieve in this matchup. So, uh, he I think you're I think you're letting him off easy but that's maybe that's the fan in you <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it is <laughs> all right let's talk about niners Bengals. uh kyle shanahan was asked about debo samuel's availability for week 14 he said still too early to tell 
Uh, it is important to note Debo did not practice on Wednesday, so we're going to have to monitor that, monitor that heading into the weekend. <sighs> Brandon Ayuk. This was, I mean, we were talking him up, saying, hey, no Debo. Maybe this is a chance for Ayuk to step into a bigger role and kind of, you know, perform up to the expectations we had for him in preseason. He did not really do that. He <laughs> catches for 55 yards. Kittle said, I'll take that. <laughs> He certainly did, and then more, and then more. So yeah, uh, Cincinnati ranks 27th in passing yards allowed per game. It is an opportunity for Ayuk to bounce back, but the guy, I mean, the star of the show is George Kittle. Nine catches, 181 yards for two touchdowns, even had a rush for five yards. So obviously you're starting Kittle. It's a great matchup. I certainly don't expect anything remotely close to what he did last week. But you feel you're starting to feel better about George Kittle being George Kittle, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, he's looking like George Kittle. Yeah. So, and then lastly, Eli Mitchell. He is in the concussion protocol. Did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, but as we've seen time and time again, that the 49ers running back is a very valuable position, fantasy wise. They get good volume. Uh, it's good to see Eli Mitchell getting a little bit more involved in the passing game recently. Uh, the trouble is that Cincinnati ranks fourth in rushing yards allowed and eighth in points allowed, so not the best matchup, despite or regardless of who starts at running back. Yeah. All right, and then for the Bengals, Joe Burrow, finger and a knee injury, did not practice on Wednesday. Joe Mixon, he was disappointing, but it it came back to what we were saying before, where the Chargers just got off to a a hot start and that really limited the amount that they could go that they could lean on Mixon in that game would you agree yeah I mean I was really hoping that I thought this is going to be a great matchup for him just without the uh, Chargers defenses but I was really hoping the Bengals wouldn't have gone the ball first um pretty sure they didn't yeah that, they didn't that score could first have, no that could have been that could have been the difference in his day it could have been it really could have been him getting I mean, he still ended up with a touchdown, but him getting an early touchdown, too, would have made a huge difference. Yeah, with a fumble, he finished with 9.4 fantasy points. Uh, Hurt his neck towards the end of that game, so we'll need to monitor that heading into the weekend as well. And just on that same note, uh, Samaje P. Ryan, he's rostered in 6.6% of leagues as of making these notes. Uh, He's the clear next man up. We've seen him in a proven role in in games where Mixon has missed, he should be rostered more. And then on to the pass catchers. San Francisco ranks fourth in passing yards allowed per game and sixth in total yards allowed, so not a great matchup. Uh, T. Higgins has been a strong wide receiver one in back-to-back weeks. Last week getting you nine catches for 138 yards and a touchdown. (sighs) He missed practice Wednesday with an ankle injury. So... That concerns you a little bit. And then Jamar Chase, a lot more underwhelming since the Week 10 bye. I'm sure you saw it, but that that deep touchdown potential play that he just bobbled and then it led to a pick. Yeah, Uh, looking like preseason Chase. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that sums up kind of how his season has transitioned from uh, wide receiver three to uh, inconsistency. Yeah, so I'll ask you, given that both are health, under the assumption that both are healthy, who would you rather have between Higgins and Chase at this point? Or I guess I'll say rest of season. I guess Higgins. Is that recency bias, or you, do you believe in something that you've been seeing? 
I, I guess mean, that's he, kind of the same question asked twice. Yeah, I mean, he, he, this is not... Higgins had performances, I don't know, to this degree, but he had great performances last season, too. Um, and Chase has really, really stepped down in the past five weeks. So I'm not talking about, like, you know, a game or two that Chase has not done well. He's bounced between, like, 10 and 7, 10 and 7. Like, he, he's been very underwhelming uh, for someone that seemed like a lock offensive rookie of the year to now... Yeah, but now it's probably more Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I think he's starting to emerge as the offensive rookie of the year. But uh, I'll say this: their next, their the remaining of their schedule at Denver in Week 15, versus Baltimore in Week 16, versus Kansas City in Week 17, and at Cleveland in Week 18. You feel good about those two in the middle. You feel less good about those two on the outside. Yeah, and the two in the middle are also at home. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, well, I think uh, you're starting both of them, those... though. So. No, yeah, yeah, you're not, yeah, for sure. And it's a tough matchup, so uh, lower expectations, especially on Higgins' behalf. Yeah. All right, here we All go. right let's talk about, yeah, Bills and Buccaneers. Um, I'm just going to start with this, and it's not where you think I'm going. Uh, regarding the Bills' performance on Monday Night Football, uh, you just need to disregard it because the weather if you watched any of that game i mean they were they were experiencing upwards of 50 mile an hour winds and that's 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 an environment that is not conducive for passing the ball but that being said big win for the patriots i'm thrilled that they're how they're performing this season i'm loving how uh they're they're being coached up and it's great to see so now that i got that out of the way carson do you have any doubts among these pass catchers um for this week yeah, we've talked about Knox, Sanders, and Beasley in past weeks, um, kind of them being mediocre as Diggs has kind of taken a step forward. Diggs didn't do horrible, but given the game, he I'm, I'm kind of lucky for him to get 9.1 with the way that game played out. Um, but yeah, I don't think that you can be confident in anyone besides Diggs. You can hope that Knox gets some touchdown looks. Um, and... That's really all you can ask for. I mean, Sanders and Beasley, I don't think, are startable um, until they get back in form like they were earlier in the season. Okay, I, I think that I, I don't I don't disagree with you entirely. I think I think Dawson Knox is still startable, um, and obviously you're starting Diggs. Uh, but yeah, I think you need to wait and see on Beasley and Sanders because those guys are just not performing up to what we've seen earlier in the season. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the Buccaneers, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you a couple over under here. So uh, <laughs> over under questions. Buffalo ranks first in passing yards allowed per game at 165.3, and total yards allowed per game at 272.3. So you taking the over or the under for Tampa Bay on both of those stats? Uh, over on both. I mean Brady looked like prime Brady in Week 13. Other than that weird pick six that he did on a little dump off pass he looked yeah 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 he did he did 20 like 20 passing attempts in the first quarter he was on he was on pace for 80 yeah he was he's slinging that thing baby and i love to see it yeah um let's move on to our next question our next over under buffalo ranks second in points allowed per game at 16.3 you taking the over or the under for tampa bay again over I agree with that. I think it's going to be a, 
a competitive game. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. So from that, from the fantasy perspective of that, I think you you, know, you like pretty much all players in this game. And, and it's in Tampa uh, and Bay. One more so thing. Yeah, I was just yeah, say, exactly. You're not really that worried about the weather. No, no, of course not. And then I would just say one thing, one more thing to note. We saw New England run the ball 45 times, and the whole reason they were able to get away with that is because they were running all over the Bills. So I think it, yeah. I think it could be a big day for Leonard Fournette if they need to rely on him at all. Yep, I agree. All right, let's talk about our first primetime matchup, Sunday Night Football, Bears-Packers. Kind of a meh matchup, yeah. considering how the Bears have been playing. Uh, but we'll get to see Justin Fields back at starting quarterback, uh, especially with Andy Dalton in his uh, turnover-filled day last week. I think that's a welcome, a welcome change. Although you know Justin Fields kind of has that, hasn't really proven himself too much as a passer. That being said, um, I'll kind of go off script here for a moment. What what does that make you feel about the Bears pass catchers with uh, Justin Fields returning? Uh... I mean, not great. Back to not great. I mean, Mooney should have had a good week last week, and he really didn't. So I don't think you yeah. can be any more confident than that. Uh, kind of lost trust in that outlook for him and what should have been a mm-hmm. uh, favorable outcome with how he'd been doing and Robinson being out. Um, but, I mean, you'll go into David Montgomery. Seems like he is the focal point of this offense. Yeah, and, and, I'll, and I will kind of I'll piggyback off what you said that I think with Justin Fields missing some time that he's probably going to take a few steps back, I would imagine, yeah. um, and you know, kind of delay his uh, emergence in this offense. So, yeah. yeah, I would say lower expectations for the pass catchers. And then, you know, that being said, Green Bay ranks ninth, top nine, sorry, top nine in all defensive categories, most importantly fifth in points allowed per game. So certainly not a good matchup in any sense of the word. Uh, David Montgomery did not practice on Wednesday, but he came off of a very heavily used game. He got uh, 29 touches total, including eight catches for 51 yards. So he's coming off of a season-high receiving game. If he is healthy and able to play, Chicago's going to need to rely on that against uh, this tough Green Bay defense. And then... Uh, on the same note, if Khalil Herbert is available in your league, and he likely is, because as of making these notes, he was rostered in 19.8% of leagues, uh, this guy should be rostered more. We've seen him be a reliable insurance policy uh, when Montgomery missed time, so add him to your roster. Look for him in your on your waiver and pick him up, because uh, there's a possibility that David Montgomery misses this game. It's not the best matchup, but it's just important that these handcuffs are rostered in your league. Agreed. Uh, All right, let's talk about the Packers. Matt LaFleur calls the backfield a 1A and 1B situation. God. This does not not inspire confidence for those who manage Aaron Jones. No, not at all. I think at one point this season he was, like, ranked as a top five running back rest of the season, and that just shows you how quick this situation uh, tanked for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chicago ranks 23rd in rushing yards allowed per game. I I think you just have to expect a running back by committee until we see otherwise, because uh, in the games where Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon have both been healthy, 
Dillon has been outpacing him in carries, and that's, I mean, that's that's it's like concerning. Zeke and Pollard. It's like Zeke and Pollard. But it's actually degree. the inverse. It's the inverse because yeah. Pollard is getting fewer carries. Jones is getting fewer carries here, and he's arguably, I mean, he's... He's clearly the the guy ahead uh, yeah. in terms of in terms of ADP at least. Yeah. So yeah, something to monitor. But uh, yeah, you got to expect a committee until until we see something change. And I and based on how the coach feels, I don't expect that change to be coming anytime soon. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, lastly, on this, any pass catchers that you like besides Devontae Adams? Uh, the, the ones that come to mind are Randall Cobb and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. These guys are both rostered in fewer than 15% of leagues. Yeah, I mean, I think they're worth adding. Uh, Randall Cobb has been a little bit more TD-dependent. Marquez Valdez-Scantling's looked a little bit more just overall uh, well-integrated in this offense in the past two weeks or so. I, I definitely think that they have the pental to be uh, worth starting later on in the season, so they're worth maybe grabbing right now as you head into the playoffs, but... Uh, I mean, I'm not running out to start them right now, but uh, yeah, I think they should be rostered in more leagues than that. That's very, very low. Okay, so some good uh, prospects there. I yep. like to see that heading into the playoffs. Um, all right, let's talk about the final matchup. This should be a great game. I anticipate watching this game. Uh, it is a NFC West matchup of the top two teams, Rams at the Cardinals. Uh, let's jump right into it. Arizona ranks fourth in passing yards allowed per game and points allowed per game and fifth in total yards allowed. So it's going to be tough for the Rams to to upset the Cardinals. We just, I mean, we pretty much most recently, who, who was the Cardinals' most recent loss to? Oh. Um, Panthers? It was a game where Packers. Kyler missed. No, that was their first loss. I think it was Panthers. You might be right on that. I can um, Yeah, check on that while I rant about Daryl Henderson. Let me take a <laughs> drink first. <laughs> yeah, get some popcorn, everybody. And yes, it was the Panthers. Okay, good call on you. Same week 10. All right, let me start with this. Daryl Henderson was reported that he was expected to play even if not getting a full workload. That's totally fine. The guy hasn't hadn't practiced all week. Three separate reports indicating that he was going to be active. How many snaps did he get against Jacksonville? A great matchup? I think zero. <laughs> yeah, the same number that you and I had. So, <laughs> let me just say this. If we're going to have if we're going to have reporting on player injuries, where is the where is the clarity because in the past we've had we've had reports where like uh what's his face um i'm drawing a blank so uh tua tua tunga bailoa he is he is active only in the emergency scenario where he can uh fill in for the quarterback so maybe that's the report that should have been made around daryl henderson not that he is expected to play, even if not getting a full workload. I need another drink. <laughs> this is all because he had Michelle on his bench, too. <laughs> I did, but here's, here's what I'm saying. I did everything right. I rostered the backup. I watched for the reports. And you know what Sean McVay tells me? <laughs> Pound sand. We don't need him. So... 
it's just frustrating. Not yeah. that it would not that it made the difference in the outcome of my matchup, but I guarantee you it it it, it was the determining factor in outcomes in other leagues. Yes. I can guarantee it. There's no possible way that I was the only guy who <laughs> t- took all the information presented and made the wrong choice. And I'm doing air quotes there. Yeah. I mean, I I was misled, and I think a lot of people were misled, and I it's just frustrating because we've seen a precedent set where the reporting is more clear. I mean, truthfully. So that's all I need to say on that. Um, Sony Michelle, he had a great game. 21.9 fantasy points like we talked about. He is not rostered in 100% of leagues at the time of these notes. 60.7% rostered. This number needs to be higher. I mean, yeah. it's a good. it was a good matchup, but it just shows that backup running backs, when given the workload, they have value. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Odell Beckham Jr., I'll talk about him for a moment. Two catches for 28 yards and a touchdown. Finished with 10.8 fantasy points. This is a much different storyline if he doesn't catch a touchdown. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, completely. I liked seeing it, honestly, because <laughs> I kind of have a similar feeling towards Odell, Odell that I had with Cam Newton. But, uh, yeah, that touchdown definitely did save his uh, fantasy day, and it still wasn't magnificent. Yeah, I mean, he's a touchdown-dependent flex with upside. Uh, I still feel better about Van Jefferson, who had a better statistical day six catches 41 yards and a touchdown at this point and we've talked about it last week that you know maybe there's a point where obj uh works his way into the number two receiving option Uh, no one's gonna surpass uh cooper cup but yeah at this point i still feel better about starting van jefferson ahead of obj yay i have van jefferson (laughs) i'm happy to hear that yeah uh, and then let's talk about the Cardinals for a moment before we wrap this up. Kyler Murray had 11 completions on 15 pass attempts for 123 yards and two touchdowns. And then the biggest part of his day, arguably, was 10 carries for 59 yards and an additional two touchdowns. So he finished with 30.82 fantasy points. It's good to see Kyler with a season-high rushing performance coming off of injury. I'm not concerned... By the low number of pass attempts in this game, the weather was bad, and like I said, Andy Dalton was turning the ball over repeatedly, giving Arizona good field position on multiple drives. So it, it's it's a game script thing. Uh, I don't. I'm not like is Kyler, you know, not throwing enough. Like I I think it's all game script related, and so I'm not concerned about that. And I will ask you. Any major takeaways from the pass catchers? I mean, there wasn't a lot to see on this game. Uh, I mean, it was interesting because with the game script going as it did, and this is the first game in five or six weeks that Murray and Hopkins have both been out there, it's kind of hard to say what this does for the other pass catchers, but I do think that you kind of have to disregard this uh, game to some degree, kind of like you're doing with the Bills. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the, the takeaway here is that... Uh, uh, Hopkins got the touchdown, or got a touchdown. Uh, he's had eight touchdowns in eight full games played. Week eight against Green Bay was the game that Hopkins missed the majority of with a hamstring injury that kept him out weeks nine through 11. So, I mean, it's really difficult to say that he's, I mean, it's it's very unlikely that he's going to maintain that pace for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, because that's just, I mean, 
the amount of touchdowns that he's scoring relative to the amount of games he's playing, it's unsustainable. So it's concerning. I, I, I traded him away uh, several weeks ago because of that reason. And I think for most leagues, the trade deadline is passed. You, you got to roll with him at this point if you have him. Uh, but just, you know, keep that in mind. He's been touchdown dependent this year. And that's uh, that's something that you need to keep in mind when you're when you're assessing your roster decisions moving forward. Yeah, look at stats, uh, not the name, just like Saquon. Right. Uh, and then lastly, I'll ask you, who, who you got in this one? Um, I'm going to go with Cardinals. I think this is going to be a very exciting matchup. We thought that about Bills and t- Patriots, but that was ruined by the weather. Um, I think the Cardinals stadium well, is indoors. Not, and not ruined by the outcome, though. Yeah, for you. Uh, still a, a boring game to watch, but I think the Cardinals, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll say I just like the Cardinals more. I think I used to kind of like the Rams, but I think uh, what Robert Woods has done to me this season has left a really sour taste in my mouth with the Rams, and what Kyler has done for me has made me really like the Cardinals, and I like seeing Kyler being successful. I like him. I like seeing him lead this team in this way. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Cardinals. I mean, they, they have – these are just two – amazing offenses and amazing defenses so um probably adds up to a mediocre matchup because that's how it ends up being but hey it could be a a high scoring exciting game but it just seems like a lot of these games that we say are going to be the games to watch end up being like the uh, very slow uh (laughs) win at any cost like the patriots (laughs) <laughs> would do but well, i don't know i don't see that with these two offenses so yeah Bill, I think Bill just I gets think it it's done. difficult i think it's difficult to see that outcome happening in this matchup yeah uh, and i i agree with you i'll give cardinals the edge uh being at home and having all their players back healthy minus chase edmonds so uh, i mean they're I 10 and 2 that. with kyler and hopkins being out for like five weeks yeah they've been getting it done All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be speaking again soon uh, for Saturday news and DFS. So tune in for that. uh, And that's about it. Peace out, everybody.